This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. はい。あ、ストローのね。いや、いや。チェック、チェック。はい、はい、はい。はい、はい、はい。はい、はい、はい。はい、はい、はい。はい、はい。はい、はい。はい、はい。はい、はい。はい、はい。はい、はい。はい
got to play with everybody around town. Moved to Nashville two years ago, and now I play bass and guitar, and I'm a songwriter. Play with a lot of different people in Nashville. I'm lucky enough to play with Scott and these guys. I've been playing with Johnny since like 2009, I think. Yeah. They had a band called Thunderleg. Yeah, yeah. Thunderleg. What a great name. Very cool. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, they just we called went me that in a, high school. We went through Why? a very old, like, what do you call it? Samurai, old school ninja movies, whatever it is. We were watching a, <laughs> we were watching a lot of Bruce Lee shit. Um, yeah. And Jackie, Jackie had to be Jackie Chan, yeah. but yeah, it was. I think it was he, Drunken he, Master. Yeah, the, the nemesis is mm. Thunderleg. Thunderleg. It's a great name. It yeah. is. We had a lot of fun in that band, too. Yeah. We had, uh,. A really dumb saying that we never really use. What was it? Yuck. You bring the leg, we'll bring the thunder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Stupid. But we played, uh, me, Caleb's brought me to Starkville a few times, and uh, man, we love playing music here. Yeah. What venue? Dave's? Dave's and Two Brothers. Right over yeah. Good spots. We're playing, we're playing there twice. Or playing here twice in September, once at each place. Nice. In the 8th, right? Eight, the two brothers, 29th at Dave's. Very cool. Yeah. I love Dave's. What uh, what led you out of Nashville? I guess one at a time. Besides music, right? Yeah, well. Chasing uh, legs, committing hate crimes. It was mostly <laughs> just music. Uh, <laughs> the hate crimes, they never caught me. But uh, joking, joking. Uh, yeah, pretty much just music. Uh, I was up in, on the East Coast. And playing around Philly and South Jersey, the tri-state area. Is that where you're from originally? Yes, yes, sir. How did uh, Americana start with you then? That's kind of was you kind of close to the Appalachia, or? Well, no. I mean, when I started playing, like when I started writing music, um, Americana wasn't really. I mean, I'm sure it was around, but nobody knew it by the name or anything. I remember trying to figure out how to explain what kind of music. I played, and uh, after like a year of playing, I had a buddy show me drive-by truckers, and he's mm-hmm. like, they're calling this Americana. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. It's still kind of <laughs> ambiguous, though. Yeah, it was still kind of like an underground thing. Now it's like everything really popping off, so it's kind of worked out good. But I was thinking about that the other day, like, is it by chance that everybody's writing Americana music? Like, obviously, some people are influenced by, like, the newer guys, but, like, I was just thinking maybe we're all at an age where we're deriving influences from older people, and it's coming out as this authentic Mm -hmm. boom that's happening again. Like, I grew up listening to a lot of Guy Clark and John Hyatt, and um, so I don't know. And then there's always been a drummer around. So it's kind of like a folk rock. Yeah, kind of I think uh, John Prine, man, like uh, with his passing, I guess it happens that way with everybody. But that really put Americana on the on the radar for a lot of people after he had passed. I think, mm-hmm. and uh, then you have cats like Billy Strings who are just really making that bluegrass mm-hmm. and all that popular. Sergio and Tyler Childers, mm-hmm. they're huge. Molly Tuttle, Molly, yeah, yeah. yeah. But came to Nashville because there wasn't, I mean, there's a scene in Philly, um, but it was kind of, I just wanted to be around other musicians, really, 
try to figure out what to do and how to do. I originally came just to be a songwriter. I figured I'd write for other people. I didn't think I was any good at singing. Um, nobody wanted to sing my song, so... You had to do it. <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> what about you, Johnny? What led you to Nashville? I don't live in Nashville. I live in Oxford. Um, I've just known Caleb for, you know, such a long time, and this this run kind of came up, and, yeah, just uh, fortunate enough to know Caleb. Now, that's not to say that the move isn't possible. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, my wife and I have discussed a couple times. Visited him, visited Caleb a couple weeks ago, a month ago, something like that. Got back, talked to my wife about it, and she's kind of on board, something like that. So. Yeah. We may, or we may not. We don't know right now. Has it always been in Oxford for you? No. Um, grew up in very, very small town, <clears throat> McCarley, connected to Winona. Um, went to high school there. Then went to community college in Goodman, which is where Caleb and I met in like mm-hmm. 2008, 2009. Um, moved to Starkville, lived here for, I don't know, three, four years. And <clears throat> moved to Tennessee with an ex. Obviously, that was an ex, so I moved back to Mississippi, and yeah, it wasn't long after that I moved to Oxford. So, yeah, Mississippi native, you know. Yeah. What do you make of, like, just the, uh, between the differences in the scenes between Starville and Oxford? I mean, they're both fairly vibrant when it comes to, like, the music scene. They are. Um, I would actually I would actually lean more to, to Starkville as far as there being, like, an open-mindedness with music. And, sure. You know, um, I think, is his name Joseph? He mentioned something about there's a punk scene kind of popping up it's, in, in uh, Starkville. Yeah, well, yeah. Inspired um, by Hattiesburg. Yeah, it's Oxford doesn't have that. Oxford is, and I'm not you know talking bad about Oxford, but it, it's much more sort of who you know, and you, you need to suit the masses. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, the the square is the general hub of of action. So if you want to to get involved in that, you sort of have to do what's required and and again that's i'm in a weird electronic jam sort of band and they're accepted but it again fits a mold that 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 works in in oxford um so yeah i'm I'm, i like the the starkful music scene a little bit more tuscaloosa was kind of that way dude it seems like druid city uh brewing is like the only place that's allowed for original music And then when you when you start thinking about like the strip and you're on your way down to the university, <clears throat> like all those bars, there's a lot of places to play, but they just yeah. want you to they just want you to play cover songs. Yeah. Yep. I yep. mean that's the way the main strip in Nashville is too. Like, yep. None of us really play there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's just, you know top forty. You can make money doing classic it. Classic rock. Yeah. But we'd rather not make yeah. money. Play, <laughs> play our own songs. Mm-hmm. What about you, man? I moved to Nashville to be a songwriter, singer-songwriter, and um, that's what I do, and uh, also work as a guitar tech, so going on tour and tuning guitars, and, uh, but yeah, I love it. Met Scott, I write with Scott a lot, and um, now I'm playing with him. Who's the most interesting person you've uh, been a guitar tech for? Dwight Yoakam. Wow. I met Tyler... Uh, at a, a party and um, went to the Ryman on New Year's Eve to see Old Crow Medicine Show and out of nowhere this dude comes out on the stage flag waving 
Went in baton twirling. Baton twirling. Yeah. And uh, throwing <laughs> fiddles over his neck, and uh, then came out with a squeeze box and was started playing an accordion. You did all that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just met that guy last week. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this guy. Who is he? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, I remember you tagged me in a video on Instagram, and I was like, I think I know this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dang. That's cool. What about you, man? What, what made you move to Nashville? Um, so I, I went to school here at Mississippi State and got an archaeology or well, anthropology degree with focus in archaeology yeah. and I was here forever. I was like doubled the Van Wilder length of school, man. I was in school like 13 years and I, do, <laughs> oh, I, I don't have a PhD, so like, yeah. I took my time. <laughs> but uh, Giving Burt Kreischer a run for his money? Yeah, right. Yeah. I, um, but yeah, COVID hit and I was so bored I finally finished my degree. And um, applied for some private archaeology companies, and one gave me a choice of Atlanta or Nashville. I chose Nashville and moved up there. And I was like, oh, I'll just do music as a side gig. And then I got one show, and then two weeks later I got another one, and then a week later I got one, and then before I knew it I was playing four or five nights a week with people like Scott and whoever else that would let me play, you know? Is that what it's kind of like in that? Is What part of that? Is this like East Nashville? What part of Nashville? Yeah, I mean, we haven't done a ton of East Nashville stuff. But, yeah, um, it, that's my home base, and then he's out in Jolton, which is our other I home used base. to run around East Nashville a lot. East Nashville's a good spot for original music. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I spent some time there. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, that's where me and Caleb met. Was, well, yeah, uh, but we really started playing a lot together in Printer's Alley, which okay. is like uh, two or three blocks off of uh, Broadway. Broadway. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is one of the few, this place called Alley Taps in downtown Nashville uh, is one of the few places. Man, that I think, kind of I think it's one of the music. most underrated venues yeah. around. Sounds great. It's a cool little club. Yeah. Um, Smells bad. Kind of, di- kind it just, of di- it's got it's, like a divey, dingy yeah. feel. Sorry yeah. if you hear this, Monty. But I think it's just, <laughs> it's too close to Broadway. It's a vibe. <laughs> I think it's just too close to Broadway. Because Broadway tourists will roll in, and you'll be playing original music, and they're screaming, play Morgan Wallen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, people don't expect it. You really got to be in there crushing it to get people's attention, I feel like. Yeah. Like, you better be good. Your originals better be great. <laughs> you know? Because people will pop in and pop right back out. But, anyway. So, uh, just with Nashville and the scene, is it is it typically this way as to where, like, just different singer-songwriters, different frontmen from other groups just collaborating with other people to form a band when needed, or how's that kind of work for y'all? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a little difficult because you, you got your guys that are just hired guns um, and kind of just looking for a paycheck. Um, so, I don't know, we try to kind of find friends that are willing to actually collaborate yeah. and, you know, have something a little different. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of those hired guns, they're touring with cats that are just going out and still doing the cover band thing. Yeah. You know, so. Another thing, too, is there's so many people in Nashville just will take whatever they can get, so it's hard to get someone to commit just to you. 
Yeah. You know, because they're going to get a call from someone else. Yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult to get a band that's like your band, you know. Um, I honestly think you're better off starting a band somewhere else and coming to Nashville together. Um, yeah. You can just tell the difference between a band of people that are friends and actually working towards a goal um, than like people that got hired for the road. Yeah. Like, this episode of Porch Talk is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Caldera Lab. If you go to calderalab.com slash porch, uh, at checkout, you can use promo code porch and save 20% off your total purchase order. A little bit about Caldera Lab. It was clinically tested to work on dry, normal, and oily skin. Nine out of ten men who tried this product continue to do so, and they could tell a difference uh, with their skin. Uh, there's an improvement in the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, elasticity, dark spots, skin tone, and more. It really helped me out with the crow's feet and the wrinkles on my forehead. I have been using the good for about a week now, and they also uh, sent me the clean slate icon and the base layer. And uh, I've never really been into skincare products. I was excited to give Caldera Lab a shot, and I'm glad I did. And so as you get a little bit older like myself, um, maybe you would like to give these skincare products a try for your face. And maybe you'll tell a difference just like I am. Uh, I'm 32, but I'm currently looking about 23. So uh, look out for me. Once again, if you go to calderalab.com slash porch, Use promo code PORCH and you'll save 20% off of your purchase order. Back to the show. You ever mess around that in Dixon? I've just west. went hunting in Dixon. Yeah, so man, I just got uh, I just got introduced to some of the cats uh, that are in that scene. Barney Wells and uh, Zach Brooks. And uh, it was a conversation with them here on the show that really opened my eyes. And I mean, it's probably kind of the opposite of Nashville, but... Uh, one thing that he said, and I, I, it rung true with me, was there's levels to this when it comes to music, whether singer-songwriter or a band, is uh, people on the bottom tend to compete when the people on, on top, they cooperate. Yeah. And he was like, so we need to begin cooperating. And so one thing that we've been doing is exchanging scenes. It's like they'll come invade Columbus, and then in turn, all, we get to we get to go up there and invade their scene. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah finally making this thing a little more lucrative. And yeah. that was something that was really learned from Hattiesburg. Yeah. I mean, Hattiesburg has been doing it right for a long time. That's yeah. the way you got to do it. You I mean, the, network, yeah. the people that I've seen, like, really start to take off, they all come up in groups. You know? Yeah. It's never like one artist breaks through alone. Mm-hmm. It's like friends helping friends out and mm-hmm. sharing fan bases and, you know. Yeah, like, uh, Morgan Wallen, Hardy, Laney Wilson, Ernest, you know, they're all friends. And they had been before any of them really got famous. Yeah. And you think about it, like, say one artist blows up in the friend group, well, suddenly the whole friend group's a hit songwriter now mm-hmm. because they've all co-wrote together. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you're, and a lot of times you're using the same backing bands when you're like that, too. I mean, like, you know, I play with Scott... I might end up playing with Tyler for a gig in the future just because we've played together now and we're friends and we're part of a certain part of the scene, you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. I yeah. Agree with. 
I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me and Tyler have just been songwriter buddies, and I know that he's a great flat picker, so I figured he can get the job done on a, on electric guitar. And right called him up, needed somebody, and he managed somehow to be off tour with Dwight. Yep. So. Talked a little bit, a little bit about it, but uh, like, tell me about like early days and like you getting into music. What really inspired you to pick it up? My grandmother had bought me a guitar. I mean, my grandmother's kind of like looking back now. My grandmother really pushed music on me, and I don't say that in like a invasive way. I just mean uh, I think she maybe saw that I'd be into it mm -hmm. at a young age. Um, she was taking me to music classes when I was a toddler. And I don't know if I actually learned anything. I was probably just beating stuff. But uh, And then our, I think I was around nine, she bought me my first guitar from BJ's, which is like a Costco-type store, wholesale. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really necessarily want to play guitar, but I saw on some, I think some girl wrote on her pencil box that she liked guys that played guitar, so I figured it would be... She had you. Good way to get girls, I figured. So I started learning it, and uh, once I got into it, I just couldn't stop. Would you be classically trained or self-taught? No, I mean I'm not particularly uh, incredible guitar player. I just uh, started writing music right away with it. You know, I think in the beginning I wanted to be a lead guitar player, and not terrible. But when you come to Nashville and you're surrounded by incredible guitar players it's easier to just hire somebody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of it's awesome but at the same time i think it's probably like plateaued my skill level of guitar playing i feel that way all the time dude yeah and then every now and then i'll be like listening to a, a buddy's band and like listen to why they're playing guitar and i was like oh that's not that difficult and it's, it's really and not it, and it sounds cool let me i'm gonna i'm gonna emulate that a little mm -hmm. bit yeah <laughs> i mean that's the thing i think that i've practiced in my room as much as i can i think i just have to like throw myself in the fire to actually break up to the next you know yep checks out yeah i think you're in the right place to do it yeah yeah well it's been cool and playing with good musicians has really helped out a lot it's good to challenge yourself. Yeah, I, I have completely gone to a whole new level. Honestly, mainly just because of, like, honestly kind of just jealousy. You know, you move yeah. here and you're just surrounded by unreal players. Yeah. To Nashville, I mean. Well, when I first came here, like, I didn't know how to book gigs or do anything or where to go or who to talk to, but I knew that you could show up to a bluegrass jam and they'd mm -hmm. let you play, so that's... The first places I started going, and right away, I realized I needed to like go home for a while, <laughs> practice a little bit before I went back out. Yeah, that's what I. I mean, literally, I, I remember I, I told myself I was like, I'm gonna do six months of like serious, yeah, intense practicing, like locking yourself. Yeah, in your room. totally gotta lock yourself in your room and. Yeah, but who who did you uh, go to for influence? Like, would it be a particular artist that you would work on, like covering their stuff to get you better? Or what, what what did you do that you found to be uh, working for you? On guitar or on uh, songwriting? Let's do both. Songwriting. I I honestly feel like my songwriting was more influenced by playing live. Like, I'd write a song and I'd go and I'd try it, 
at a writer's night and if people responded mm -hmm. then I was like let's write more songs like that um, and if they didn't respond I'd throw it away which is a little dangerous because sometimes you might just have a bad room and you know they don't pay attention to a good song and you end up throwing away something that probably oh, should it always seems like the songs you care the least about are the ones that people really dig for some yeah reason. Yeah, and then you got one you're kind of crazy about, and no one really gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that happens. That that definitely happens. Um, guitar playing, I don't know. You know, I just uh, I just wanted to be good enough to not sound bad. You know, as far as <laughs> wow. Yeah, <laughs> quite the goal. Well, no, 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 not sound bad, but I'm saying when you got a uh, when you got good musicians around you, you know, mm. you want to be able to keep up. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep up. I let the lead guitar players do all the work, but as long as I'm keeping up, it's all that really yeah. matters. And I feel like in Nashville. For me, like being like a guy who's like doing back in band stuff a lot, you're like constantly getting thrown. Like I remember the first time I was playing with Scott, this guy Pino, who we mutually know, he like sends me Scott songs at like five in the afternoon. He's like, these are the twelve songs you have to play tonight, and there's like no charts. So like, uh, once you're thrown into that environment at first, like. I remember I would just be like so stressed and like having to cram it in, but you get really good really fast being forced to do that kind of stuff. What was, what was like some of your favorite things? Because it had to be like different genres, and then like okay, I found the key. And well, I mean Scott. I mean I remember I remember the first night I saw Scott play. I like sent him an Instagram message, and I was like, "Dude, you're great." And he was like, "Yeah, let's write sometime." And then you know that's kind of a generic thing you end up saying to people in Nashville. But then sometimes it actually happens, you know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I think me and Caleb probably did played three times together and didn't really even talk. Yeah, yeah, you I don't just, even meet people like until you're on the stage with them, or you don't yeah. meet them at all. I had some ex-girlfriend <laughs> that was yelling at Caleb on stage. Oh, yeah. I was too drunk to be playing piano. I was too... <laughs> I'm too bad at piano to be yeah. playing piano anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was dating a girl at the time. And she was kind of uh, into music theory and was... Uh, she didn't like the theory he was putting down. She did not like the theory Caleb was laying down on that piano. Uh, I think they cut me out of the mix pretty quick. It's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but eventually, I think it was D's. We played D's Country Cocktail Lounge, which is in Madison, almost East Nashville. And that's a great venue to see Americana music mm -hmm. and uh, I think that was the night that me and Caleb really kind of hit it off yeah I think so I think we hung out on the patio for a while and then yeah oh you you got the jamboree right is that yeah I think that was actually you right talk so, about that son that's a pretty cool event in Nashville that he yeah was a last guy. Saturday of every month um, there's a hardware store called Jolton Hardware Feed and Pharmacy and it's one of the coolest venues, and when you walk in it, it's really how you thought Nashville was going to be. Like, everyone's collaborating with everybody. They're always booking good music. You come in, just, you feel at home. You can buy wrenches. You can buy legit hardware <laughs> and beer and 
amazing food. <laughs> A little bit of everything. It's got a little bit of everything. It's like perfect if you're an old man and you're trying to get away from your wife. And you go know, to the hardware store. <laughs> yeah, go to the hardware store, and then you're, you know, there till ten. Yeah. So what? Oh, go ahead. I'm sure. No, it's fine. We just feature like, I think three different artists each month to open, and then we get up there and play. And What's that look like? Are they out of towners or? No, it's mostly just artists that we think are good and haven't got the recognition they need yet, so we can still book them and make them play for free. Because uh, there's a lot of that. I mean, it really is sad what's going on with Nashville because you'll see some of the best songwriters you've ever heard and they don't get any attention. Because they're not TikTok famous. Yeah, I mean, the industry, in one sense, it's cool that social media has given freedom to artists, but now it's kind of become, like, who's more skilled in marketing rather than who's more skilled... At in, the craft. At the craft, yeah. So, like, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people that I've played gigs with, and I thought, man, that kid ain't too good. And then uh, a year later, he's playing arenas, you know? Not trying to downplay anything. But right. It does happen, though. Yeah. I'd say, like, a horror story. This has been years ago. This is a, a buddy of mine's grandfather. He lived in Memphis. And uh, he, he started going to Nashville. He would go to these songwriter rounds, sit in a circle. And uh, I want to say it was not Johnny Cash, but it, it was during that timeline of music. Well, there was a famous people in that circle. And one song that he wrote, they really liked. Well, next thing you know, they had recorded his song. And he goes back to his family in Memphis, and he swears up and down that he wrote that song and nobody believes him, which ultimately led him to uh, early grave, committed suicide. Really? And it was like, he well, wrote, he, I wish I could remember the name of the song, but he wrote this hit song, and that person stole it, didn't give credit, and then like he was literally driven crazy like nobody believed him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was probably a lot easier for that kind of stuff to happen back then. Yeah. I mean, now at least you write a song, you can throw it on YouTube really quick. Or you even have a voice memo on your phone. That's all. Got a date attached to it. I always, like, always upload any new original I'm excited about. I immediately get it, some little part of it up on Instagram just so I feel like I have that record of it. Like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like a lot of people have kind of like gotten away from ASCAP and like traditional senses when it comes to like, you know, branding yeah. a song. It's like yeah. uh, I've heard it said, kind of like what you're saying is like if I really like something, if I got a YouTube video or whatever it is, that's proof and it's mine. Yeah, I don't have a PRO. I mean, if things really start taking off, I'll get one. But if you don't have anything really pulling in money. You're just spending money to have a PRO. Yeah. Yeah. And there are free PROs, though. Yeah, okay. Which ones? <laughs> Which ones are they? BMI's? I don't know. BMI, I'm pretty BMI's sure. BMI's free? Is it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, BMI, I think, the only time BMI <laughs> costs anything is if you're like a, you can do publisher or you can do writer, and I think one of them may cost like 50 bucks and the other one is free. Um, ASCAP is 50 bucks per, like, writer, publisher okay. kind of thing. Because I, I had to do that. I had to do BMI and I did uh, ASCAP just to cover all bases. <clears throat> it, it helps. You know? yeah. I mean, it does help if, if you're trying to, to sell a product. You know what I mean? 
But yeah. I do, you know, agree with Scott that if you're not going to pull in any money, you know, you don't really have to have it. Yeah. Well, I heard some artists will, like, register every time they play an original song at a venue with a PRO, and certain venues will actually pay per song. Mm-hmm. Oh. Never yeah. heard of that. Nice. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I, yeah. I honestly, like, I would feel weird doing that because I want the venue to have me back. I don't want to get them, have them get hit with a, you know, Dude, check request. There was, there was a venue in Italy um, that required all the songwriters from that night to write out every original they played. Yeah. I maybe. didn't, I didn't understand what was yeah, going on. There was a language barrier, but you know. Yeah. Well, what about you, Johnny? Like, how did music come into your life? What made you want to play? Oh man, uh, I've kind of been doing it forever. I played guitar for a really long time. My family was not super musical, but my grandfather played guitar. My grandmother played piano on the radio in like the '40s, I think. It was. I don't exactly remember or know exact dates. Anyway, they were all kind of into it. So. <clears throat> About 15, my mom, take you need to take guitar lessons. So I did that, and then uh, I played guitar and led led worship in like youth groups until I was about 18. And then as I was getting ready to you know graduate and move, um, we had to the church had to bring in a new kid to sort of like take over because we were obviously moving. And so. I went from playing guitar to playing drums, which was good because I. It's a tough transition for you. Not really, man. It was. uh, I like to say that it, drums were just way more comfortable. Like I couldn't do things on guitar. Like if if the sheet music wasn't in front of me, and it wasn't simple basic chords, I I just couldn't do it. Like I played with folks and they would just jam, and I couldn't do it. Um, So I moved drums. And that was easy. Um, I feel like there's leniency when it comes to playing drums that there isn't with, you know, guitars and bass and stuff because you have a pretty strict guidelines as far as how to write a song when it comes to the guitar and stuff. Drums, you play whatever you want on top of it, you know what I mean? Right. And through the years, you learn what works and what doesn't work as far as, you know, throwing against a wall. <clears throat> so it was just years and years of just playing drums, uh, multiple groups, top 40, you know, sell-out kind of groups, um, jam bands, like I said, we mentioned earlier. Caleb Those are fun, no rules. Jam bands are fun. Uh, I, we, I was in a jam band here, and it was a lot of fun, but it once a song has reached a 15 or 20-minute limit, I kind of don't want to play it anymore, you know? I, I um, get that. And so it just goes and goes and goes. Um but it's fun and it is free. You get to kind of do what you want. But after four or five years of doing that, you kind of want some structure. You know, you, you wanna you wanna play things in a much more articulated manner. So, uh, yeah, did that. Um, played with Caleb quite a bit in town. Uh, all of it, all the styles, they, they they come out in particular things. So like. You play in a jam band, or you play in a top 40 band, or you play in a country band, or a jazz, funk, whatever it may be. Doing that means you eventually will connect with the right people where you can <clears throat> express all of those genres via, you know, their music. Um, sometimes it fits, sometimes it doesn't, but still, like, you can 
if you played a little bit of jazz and then next thing you know you're in a country group, you can throw a little jazz in there and the country guys would go, oh man, I like that, keep it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it pays off to, to sort of just bounce around and do a bunch of that. So yeah, it's just a very eclectic, I guess. Um, moved to, to Oxford, been playing with a guy for a while, kind of, it's not top 40, but it's a lot of the more country southern rock style stuff, CCR, um, Chris Stapleton, we just cover all that and we, we do that every Saturday out of the place in rafters and in gotta get them booties on the dance floor you gotta do what you gotta do um so you do that and then i'm in a like i said we i'm in a electronic i don't even know what you call it rock jam it's not necessarily jam there's a strict structure to everything but the writing and the the material feels flowy and jammy but there's you know electronic stuff uh, a lot of synth a lot of keys um yeah, so yeah, it, it's it's been a fun journey. Um, it's it's odd that again, being an Oxford kind of native, it's weird that Oxford accepts the band's name is Magic. It's weird that like Oxford accepts <clears throat> Magic as openly as they do, because um, we're one of the one of the non-cover like fully original full, uh, bands. And there, there's others that are around, but they're more like. You know, little jazz trios that play at dinner or something like that. Yeah. You know, they're not trying to like sell out Larry's or you know play at Harrison's a bunch and get a huge crowd. They like that, but that's not really what they're there for. Um, so yeah, it's just been a, a journey of doing almost every style or genre. And I'm not very, I'm not like Scott and Caleb and Tyler as far as going out and meeting and doing all that kind of stuff. Like I, I don't. I don't go out. I don't really go to bars and like meet people and hang out unless I'm playing a gig. But luckily, playing the gigs leads you to playing more gigs. So I did a thing with the Funk Fusion group out at the Grove, and then sometime in the fall after that, Madrix's old keyboard player called me and was like, hey, we saw you. So it- This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! <laughs> Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It, my connections have been via gigs more so than having to go out. You know what I mean? That's always good advice, especially if you're new to a town. It's like if if, if you're in the music or whatever you're into, just go to the shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? yeah. Caleb's really yeah. good at that. Caleb, You'll meet your kind. You know? yeah. Caleb, if Caleb likes a musician, he'll support him. Yeah, and I was doing that nonstop when I first moved to Nashville. Well, it means a lot because when you're a musician and you're trying to get going, especially in Nashville, it's hard to get people out to your shows <coughs> because there's music every night mm-hmm. and at 30 different places and if you're playing every night it's not like you're all your friends are going to come see you every night like you know so it's a double-edged sword for sure well, i just got lucky um luckily enough oxford is relatively small starford was relatively small nashville's huge you know compared to those towns so i'm fortunate enough to where again not going out and not you know moving around and moving and shaking like other folks do, I was still able to get gigs and to meet people and to like form bands and, and do all mm-hmm. that. So it, it doesn't happen to everyone. It, it, if you're yeah. if you're lucky, it does. Um, yeah, it really is a, you know, and, a small fish, big pun kind it, of thing. That's exactly it, man. But in, And because I know Johnny and I've known him for so long, if he were to end up like being in Nashville, if somebody hit me up and were like, I need a drummer... He would already have a circle of people that would be hitting him up just by knowing us. Exactly. You know, you know. like so. Hold, uh, yeah, holding on to your connections, trying not to burn bridges and stuff. Yeah. Sorry, for those that got burned. You know you are. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Tyler, our guitar tech. Man, how'd you get into music? Man, um, and you took it next level with Dwight Yoakam. Huh? <laughs> just tuning his stuff. But um, I got my first guitar, I think, when I was around seven. And there's funny videos and pictures of me banging on that thing. But um, I'll never forget the first time I really knew music was something I at least was in love with. And um, my parents pulled up our laptop, and I had never even seen, you know, I maybe had seen maybe what a concert was like, but, you know, nothing that I was into, small local jazz stuff or whatever it was. My parents opened up the laptop and showed me, um, Rush live. Oh, oh gosh, dude. And, uh, I don't know how old I was, you know, probably 13, and I just remember just going straight back to my room and played guitar all night and just could not stop watching that Rush video of them and, you know, in a stadium, all those people and just big rock songs and stuff like that. So, so much with just three guys. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> nuts. And, you know, the organ pedals, you know, while he's playing bass and singing and then going to keyboard. And I just knew I wanted... <laughs> I'm excited how much you're talking about Rush. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Rush. <laughs> I see that. I'm excited that you do. <laughs> but, um, so I remember... For years, I loved rock. For well, not for years, I still do. But um, I was in middle school, and it was 
probably sixth grade, and I had met another guy that liked Rush, and he liked Rush a lot more than I did. You know, he knew every song of every album. About to have a Rush elf. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, we just hit it off. He's my best friends to this day, to my two best friends, and um, he showed me another guy that liked Rush. And so, I played guitar, and one of the guys played guitar in... What part of the country were you in? Ohio. <laughs> Dayton, Ohio. Three Rush kids. <laughs> and so, it's, it's actually pretty funny. We um, He showed me this other guy, Matt, who uh, loved Rush, and we all just started hanging out, and we were like, let's make a band. Let's play some Rush. And so, I remember being all distraught, because um, we kind of decided I was going to be the bass player. I was going to be Getty Lee. Because I was going to sing, too. And I was like, eh, alright, I guess I'll play bass as long as I can play keyboard, too. So we were like three young kids in sixth grade in Andy's basement with, you know, the crate amp, like, <laughs> bass amp going through a guitar amp, uh, you know. Getting ready for the talent show. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah, we played <laughs> talent shows. So we went to Catholic school. And I remember we played, That's you know, a whole new level. Yeah, we played at like this. <laughs> this story just Should've keeps getting better. That. We played at like our seventh grade <laughs> talent show, and I remember there were a line of priests, like in the back, and we were playing War Pigs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, but it was just so. I remember, you know, just older guys, you know, who loved Rush, being at bars. We would play at bars very young, like full on pubs. We yeah. we were playing biker bars. These tiny little kids, and I, my voice hadn't dropped yet, so I could hit all those notes still. Anyway, but it was just really fun playing Rush and Led Zeppelin and whatever else, Black Sabbath, growing up. And so, yeah, we started this little band, and we, we were a working band. We played, like, every weekend and, like, made pretty good money um, every weekend for uh, until the end of high school and then... We all kind of split up. I went to Ohio State and actually kind of left music for a while. Did you rush when you went there? <laughs> I did. Get I did. out of here. <laughs> I was a working man, dude, I'll tell you. <laughs> Two good punts. <laughs> but the spirit of radio came back into my life. Um, <laughs> I'm going full rush nerd mode right now. It was closer to the heart. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway. Um, Yikes. So, uh... <laughs> Dayton, Ohio, Ohio State, and then after school, fell back in love with music. Yeah, I was in college, and my parents bought me a guitar for my 18th birthday. What did they get you? A Martin. And so it was a really nice guitar, but I never really played it much. Um, you know, I was playing bass. Wasn't too into acoustic guitar or electric. And then I was um, I was telling Scott this last night, I think. But um, I was in college and getting bored. I was in the marching band, which I dreamed of being in the marching band, but... Just didn't like it as much as I thought I would. I, so, um, anyway, I went home, and that guitar was in the closet. I remember walking down the hallway after I looked at it in the closet, and I go, I should grab that, just to have. And then I remember just the first time I played it again, back in my college dorm room. It was just right back into it. I was like, I couldn't believe I ever put it down. And anyway, I dropped out of college. I was like, I'm moving to Nashville. I'm going to be a songwriter instead. I don't want to be a finance dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it's really... And, uh, oh my gosh, my parents, my mom bawled her eyes out begging me, oh, begging me to go back. And I was like, nope. 
I'm going to be a songwriter. <laughs> and they, I think they were pretty distraught for a while. <laughs> but then I got a gig working as a guitar tech for a band called Old Crow Medicine Show. And they thought, they were like, alright, he's going to do okay. How'd that get hooked up for you? What's that? How'd that get hooked up? Man, everything is so random it, with with getting jobs in the music industry. It, the, in Nashville, there's a saying, it's all about who you know. And like we've been talking about, it's it's really true. And um, I play a little bit of pedal steel. And my te- one of my teachers slash friends slash guys who played on one of my songs, um, his name's CJ Colin Dre. He's an awesome guy. Uh, he just gave me a call one day. He knew I was um, kind of tired of where I was working. And um, he was like, hey, man, this band's looking for guitar tech. I was like, I've never been a guitar tech. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> He's like, it doesn't matter. Just call him. And so I called him, and I told him I wasn't a guitar tech, but that I'd work my butt off for him. And a week later, I was on tour. <laughs> I got a buddy of mine. He just got off the Drake tour. He was working on that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how huge is that? Oh, it's nuts. One of the probably biggest artists of the time. Probably a whole army of techs. Yeah, yeah. you gotta have somebody just to pick up all those bras. <laughs> I saw one guy. I think his name's Young Gravy. Mm-hmm. He donates. I, I think it's like it's a pretty good, maybe like a hundred bucks for every bra he gets Dang. to um, breast cancer awareness. I think. Okay, that's, that's a good twofer. Cool. Yeah, right. Save the top house. Yeah, we got right. a couple tidy whities thrown at us a day. <laughs> <laughs> Tidy whiteys? Yeah. Yeah. Like male tidy whiteys? They have no skin marks. We didn't ask. It's 2023. 20, <laughs> I don't know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to assume. Yeah, no. I don't know. Dave's is a great spot, though. This episode of Porch Talk is also sponsored by Manscaped. You can go to manscaped.com and at checkout use promo code Porch Talk, all one word. Porch Talk. All one word, receive 20% off your total purchase order and get free shipping. Uh, Manscaped sent me the performance package 4.0 that comes with their beard trimmer, uh, the Weed Whacker, which is for those unsightly ear and nose hairs, and then the lawnmower, which is for you downstairs. It also comes with the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. Uh, that is for... Um, as for your genitalia, they're, they're boys. Uh, it'll keep you from, uh, if you've ever been in the South in the summer, uh, you know a little bit about how it feels down there. And those two wonderful products will uh, help you feeling cool and keep you smelling good so you don't smell like a foot. So go to manscaped.com. And if they are the leading company when it comes to men's grooming they also the performance package comes with the most comfortable pair of underwear i've ever owned so if you have never given manscaped a try i highly recommend them you can go to manscaped.com use porch talk as your promo code at checkout receive 20 percent off your total purchase order and uh man just look at my beard if that says anything about them should say it all i got the best beard around no doubt about it now back to the show yeah it's cool we went last night Had to. we did 
That's where we were at last night. It, it's really bizarre for me to. This is like my third time in Starkville to like walk in a bar and like everybody remembers you. Yeah. Oh my god, it's Scott Levi! Oh my god. No. Scott Levi. <laughs> mm. What's your favorite thing about archaeology? Oh. Um, I like being in the middle of the woods and like I can't hear any civilization. And um, like finding a little river at lunch get butt naked and go and swim in <laughs> and like just the freedom like i've really found a good company to work with that like lets me do it part-time so i'll go out for like a week and a half maybe a month and they'll just be like hey we got these projects for you go here for four days go here for five days and i'm like all right cool caleb so it's just my it's very free <laughs> yeah um caleb. this job that's rare Caleb working that job is the reason why people still believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> like, I swear I've seen one. <laughs> yeah. Butt naked, just strolling into the river. I remember I was talking to a friend, and I, was, I mentioned that I did that or something. They were like, aren't you worried about somebody walking up? Wouldn't that make you embarrassed? I'd be like, I feel like it would make them feel more awkward. Yeah. Like, if I walked up on that, I'd be like, oh, shit. Turn back, maybe, you know. Yeah. Or be like... Is it open game? <laughs> we all doing it, bro? <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I guess I like just the freedom and like being in the woods. And I wanted to be a geologist when I was a kid. Um, so I was always really into rocks. And that's what I study in archaeology is mostly stone tools and stuff. I feel so. like the only thing a parent's probably more worried about hearing their kids say they want to be a musician is hearing their kids say I love rock <laughs> yeah, yeah. dude I don't know it's geologists natural. can make some good money well it's true but as a little kid you're probably like I don't know he said he likes the rocks so. yeah. yeah. stay off the rocks bro I did it I did it when I was a kid dude and now like my, my nephew I guess dude, all little kids he's got like a pocket rocks. full of rocks yeah. Yeah. we all do it yeah, yeah. It's just natural we both go bust beer bottles with them put them on the mantle knock out windows so many things are good for yeah I found a rock that was exactly <laughs> shaped like the state of Tennessee and it's still my parents still keep it on the mana <laughs> welcome to rock cast baby yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey. alright Caleb tell me a little bit about music how did how it get in your life um, how'd that bug get you my step or sorry poof, step go there um, my grandfather played like a little bit of slide guitar he would use his old timer knife like his little you know multi-blade knife as a slide on a classical guitar with like electric strings on it or something mm-hmm. but i mean he made noises on it i don't you know he passed it when i was young so i don't remember it well and then i had an uncle who was in a blues brothers tribute band called the blues boys <laughs> That's cool. that sounds fun yeah and they were um based out of like Jackson, Mississippi. Um, so my mom would take me to see them. We'd go to like little county coliseums and they'd have like a local cop bring them in in a cop car and they'd get out in the suits and like, yeah. it was like a whole thing. But, uh, <laughs> but they did, uh, you know, obviously songs that the Blues Brothers did and like Tower of Power and Little Feet and some kind of funkier stuff, uh, James Brown. So, got exposed to that really young. Um, I remember having to learn hot cross buns on like the recorder at school, and then I came home and tried to figure it out on my granddad's old guitar. So, 
And then, yeah, I started skateboarding and playing guitar. There was like a that kind of scene in my town, really little scene in Kosciuszko. And um, met this punk band called The Illiterate. Um, started going to their shows. And, and then when I was 18, like right when I was old enough to get into bars, I started running lights for this 80s cover band. And that was, that opened up my world, you know? I was like traveling around running lights with them and like honky tonks in the Delta and across Mississippi and Alabama a little bit. And um, around that time I met Johnny and me and him and our buddy Chuck started meeting up on weekends and we would meet up on my property and we would play in this hot ass shed. It was so hot, like middle of the summer, just a shed, no windows, no AC. And I would run... 300 feet of electric of power cable out there so we played into the back of his grandmother's house yeah yeah and we would just jam for hours um i had my amp out there still my favorite amp and my buddy did some work on it a few years after and he was like bro there's dirt dauber nests all over your speakers (laughs) oh and it was from being in that storage unit and he was like i was like leave him it's become part of my sound. So my favorite amp has like dirt dauber nests on the on the speaker cones. So it's kind of my trademark thing, I guess. Um, but yeah, and then moved here. Well, I played in like a classic rock blues band for a while, and then I moved here and started a band called Toshiva, and we played here from 2013 to 2019, and you know we. We had fans, I guess, and we had a scene and people and, you know, it was a whole like friendship scene intertwined with bartenders and artists like Joe. I mean, Joe did, or Joe let us Apple use his art for, um, yeah, for an album cover. And yeah, I don't know if you've heard of Sunday Funday, I'm not sure if it's still going, but I, me and um, Joe and this guy Blair and a couple other people, Bonnie, Catfish and Rain, we all got that kind of going Blair was kind of the brain of it but I did that for three years that's how I got to know Joe really well that's how Scooter's records got started he had a stand out there so like that kind of that was a really good scene going for a minute and I kind of felt like it was dying out a little bit so I'm really happy to hear about this new uh, DIY scene that's popping up yeah and uh, um, I think they've been I think it just turned a year old yeah yeah dude those guys they're young uh, and they're all students at state, and dude, they're hungry. And That's I mean, awesome. they're, and they're getting, they're getting talent. Like, had a band come up from Tampa that has a pretty big following. I'm gonna reach out to them actually because I have friends that do that kind of stuff in Nashville, like the house party scene. Mm-hmm. There's a place called Gunk House that, like, these guys have like 50 acts a week. Like, they'll do three shows a week with like 15 people on each bill. And it's just their house. And I'm like, how are you guys doing this? That sounds like (laughs) so stressful. And they all have jobs. I'm like, what? Sounds like hell, yeah. I know. (laughs) But, like, people are dedicated. The people that are into that DIY scene, they, like, it's against all odds. I mean, you're doing house parties. You're playing anywhere you can. Like, there used to be a hardcore scene in Tupelo back in, like, the, what do they call it? The aughts. Like, oh, five to, like, 2012, whatever in there. It was a hardcore scene, and they would, like, rent out the community center. Just to, like, you know, mm-hmm. come hell or high water, they were going to have a fucking hardcore show. <laughs> you know, like, and I love that. The dedication. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> Music's cool. 
<laughs> changed my life. Yeah. Oh, just a couple questions while we're out of the door. Of tell me a little bit about this uh, this run that you're doing now. How did it all get set up? The yourself book. You got people helping you out. How does that work? Caleb's been booking, mm-hmm. and me and Caleb were running around. Uh, it was Scott Levi Jones and the Holy Cow, and. Our now the shirt and everything makes sense. Well, yeah, it just turned out that way. Um, I just put a clean t-shirt. I haven't showered yet today. That's not a clean t-shirt. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no way, no. Who gives a dirty shirt to their friends? <laughs> There's coffee on it. Oh, well, Johnny spilled some coffee on it last <laughs> night. But it smells good. It smells like coffee. So, yeah. <laughs> But we were running around with the holy cow. And that's who we came to Starkville with before. And we also did Jackson and Oxford. That's when I met Johnny. Uh, but our guitar player took off to uh, Italy for uh, an extended period of time. You don't know when he's coming back. Um, so we kind of had these dates on the books and uh, just kind of came about. But I've been down to the golf once before and also run up to like 30A and that whole area mm-hmm. um, and I, I love it down there um, I haven't been to Mobile yet so I'm excited it's a good thing man yeah I lived down there for about seven years and I'll tell you a great place to play especially with the style that that Americana yeah uh, Callahan's would be a great place okay okay cool I'll definitely look that up and if you. uh need help getting in there I got a few friends they play there often so I can connect y'all with that but it's great and the thing about Mobile and even that coast to run uh the pay is typically pretty decent like, yeah opposed to around here yeah know? they like uh I think Callahan's is a two hour show that pays pretty dang good awesome yeah and it's one of those it's kind of like the blue canoe in Tupelo yeah. yeah. To where of uh, like playing there like really means something like mm. like yeah. It's one of those rooms it's like this may be the last time that we'll be able to sit in a room this small with somebody this talented. Like, yeah. That's that's, that's what yeah. they look for when they book. Yeah. Blue that's Canoe is awesome. Yeah. We, we had a good time there. I've never been able to put that into words, but I definitely feel that vibe at Blue Canoe. You know? Yeah. Um Well they got the names on the walls. Yeah, same with Proud Larry is like yeah, yeah it's like if you are a band in the south, southeast, or maybe even the east, you're probably going to hit those venues before anybody hears your name on a widespread scale, you mm-hmm. know? Man, we played Proud Larry's, and that was one of the coolest days. I had so much fun, Most and I felt day. like... I always heard about the Mississippi scene and, you know, all the blues stuff that's come out mm-hmm. of here, but when when we went to Oxford... Felt like my eyes were like really open. Caleb put Junior Kimbrough on the record player in the green room, and uh, That's good stuff. I listened to Meet Me in the City like over and over and over again. That record's probably screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, the Black Keys introduced me to that. You remember when I did that tribute album to? Uh, yeah, I mean Dan. Yeah, uh, I I never even I love the Black Keys, but I never even heard that album. And then I saw that after. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Man. We were out there for the video shoot at that at Blue Front Cafe. Um, we heard there was going to be like a secret Black Keys show, mm. and then we show up and it's like a music video shoot. And there's all these like, you know, obviously if I heard about it, a lot of people heard about it. So <laughs> that's how Eric Deaton ended up going on on tour with them. Like he yeah, just, he just happened to be out there at the same place y'all yeah. were at. Weird. They, 
Yeah, and yeah. Anyway, it's um, world. but yeah, I've read that like Dan Auerbach like got obsessed with Junior Kimbrough in college, and then he just like dropped out of college. I mean, same kind of mm-hmm. thing you were talking about. Just got eaten up with songwriting, specifically influenced yeah. by Kimbrough. I'm a big R.L. Burnside fan. That's easy. Yeah. Right. But I like the Delta stuff too. Yeah, Hill Country or uh, Delta. Mm-hmm. Hey, hell, I'm a big fan of going to Bentonia, like catching Jimmy Duck while he's still around. You know? Yeah. It's a very unique style, that Bentonia style. Well, it was also cool because uh, I already knew of R.L. Burnside, but also walking around and seeing like posters everywhere of A. Burnside playing somewhere like like how many kids does this guy have there's a lot you know kids like, well, that's his cousin his great and then friend. it's yeah it's intertwined with the Kimbrough family with uh like Kenny Brown and North Mississippi All-Stars and, mm-hmm. yeah it's a whole and yeah, Ortha Turner the whole like fife and drum scene like how the hell did that happen there's yeah. this weird scene in North Mississippi and it's just like like a Fife, like Revolutionary War, Little Fife kind of style thing, and then somebody pit, hit, playing like marching drums. It's like, how did that happen? I never had a boot and ball <laughs> until I went to Mississippi. Boudin! Boudin! <laughs> man, hey, them things. We gotta get you down to Louisiana. Somewhere. I know, man. I know, man. I haven't been to Louisiana. He texted me or texted our group message the other day, and it's like. I don't, just while we're down there, I need to find some of those magic Mississippi hush puppies yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, uh, dude. Man, I love them things. <laughs> I'll eat a whole plate of them. Like, why do you only put two on a plate? <laughs> we'll find, there's bound to be one in Mobile, man. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll get you some good. boudin balls. Yeah, you find them down there. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, as far as socials, people uh, connecting? How do they keep up with you? What's the best way? I'm Scott Levi Jones on just about everything. Um, And check your music out, Spotify, whatever else. Yeah. Yeah, same. Spotify, everything, Scott Levi Jones. I would just go as Scott Jones, but there's a lot of Scott Joneses. You've recently gotten into the OnlyFans too, right? I'm on OnlyFans. um, Not a feed or like, what are you into? He's on Feed Finder too. I don't do live. Feed, he's into feed. He does like feed well, stuff. Yeah, cow stuff. Yeah, cow stuff. And, and, <laughs> anything cattle. You know, I'll paint myself white. And he has a cow tipping fetish, actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'll follow Check that out. Mm. So that like, is there like a free promo on there where you can just kind of get a little taste? Or? Well, okay, all jokes aside, I actually made an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I was going to put music on it, and I thought it'd be funny, and I could advertise it. It's kind of like a gag joke thing. Um, and then I never ended up getting around to it because that's how I am with social media, especially back then. I was just kind of lazy and I never got around with it. But then I was like, man, that's going to look weird if someone ever goes on OnlyFans and sees that I have an account and probably like, what's he got on there? (laughs) Just a picture of Scott's face. (laughs) But yeah, socials, Scott Levi Jones got it. Just came out with a record. Um, yeah, called the odds of you and me. And recorded that on Music Row, and that was a fun thing. I actually recorded that during COVID. I got a couple stimulus checks in my pocket, and, um, co-produced it with a guy named Pino Squalache, and um, yeah, hoping to get some more music out. Been writing a lot, so 
Yeah. What about you, Johnny? What's your social? <laughs> his, his, his bio says uh, poop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Very funny joke. Funny joke. The emoji or the word? Just the word. Oh, yeah. The word. Yeah. Yep. I'm not huge on we social media. We haven't talked emojis have, yet. I have social media, but there's zero reason to follow me because I don't do, I don't post. I mean, I post about gigs with Madrick and then. That's uh, about it. He prefers to be followed in real life. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like, you know, keep it a block away, but keep, keep you, eye Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be around over good online. So follow Magic <laughs> and the Yeah, Magic would probably be the one. Um, yeah, that's... I mean, Gnarly McCarley is my, my handle, but again, it's you're not going to get any entertainment out of it. I'm one of those <laughs> shadow internet people. Like, I watch. I don't really... Internet. Get we were, we yeah, sat down at a table last night, <laughs> and Johnny's like, um, I'm, we're both staring at the TV, and Johnny's like, I hate being a slave to these things. And, <laughs> and he's like, I'm what you'd call a crazy conspiracy theorist. And I'm like, yeah, I've never heard someone admit to it, but I kind of am too. So <laughs> but, yeah, my uh, my OnlyFans is the same as all my other socials. It's a uh, Tyler has nickels. Oh, great! And uh, what about your music? My music's on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, I do have a few songs on OnlyFans that are like special songs that you can't listen to. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. And where are they looking that up on Spotify? Type in Tyler Nichols N I C H O L S. That's important. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, I actually, I, I got to record with some really, really cool people. I re- released an EP. It's called Singing to the Spirit. And um, I recorded with this, uh, the steel player for American Aquarium, Neil Jones. That was cool. Very cool. Got to play, um, got to record with uh, upright bass player for Tyler Childers, Sturgill Simpson, bunch of other people his name is Mike Bubb uh, Randy Kors played with Dolly Parton Dirk Bentley uh, all types of cool people that's the cool thing about Nashville is if yeah. you just gotta pay them and they'll show up yeah whoever you want uh-huh. what you got cooking Caleb um find him on Hinge yeah you can find me on any of the dating apps <laughs> um I'm always in your area you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah wanted my, to advertise shows like that yeah yeah y'all were talking about that earlier I had this idea that you just you have a tinder and then you you just upload the tour poster for wherever you're at and so when you get to that town all the people on tinder will see your show ad that's not a bad idea it's fucking genius it's advertise strictly <laughs> <What> it <is. laughs> advertise strictly to single women that's what you wanted to show anyway. Mm. Yeah. yeah, put pictures of all the band guys on there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, swimsuit pics. Little bio. We'll work on that while we're at the beach. We'll get our swimsuit pics. Okay. Ready. Um, Can I wear a shirt for a month? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pumped to go to the beach, but I've been seeing a lot of great warts. Great whites in Alabama. <laughs> great warts. <laughs> great warts. Yeah, I've seen a couple of them too. But Oh, man. Um, I, had a, I had a teacher in... Uh, like I was probably in first grade and she had a ward on her eyelid and uh, I told her she had a tick. 
said, there's a tick you got on your eye. You want me to get it? <laughs> Did you know it wasn't a tick? No, I thought it was a tick. <laughs> I guess a Walmart. It's a war. You want to get it? You have the craziest. <laughs> you have the craziest, most random stories of anyone I know. Yeah, I think everyone's got. Said at the start, and they're all true. He seems to remember <laughs> his well. I think is the thing. You remember things. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, I don't remember I don't stuff. Remember some things. Um. Anyway, I am a songwriter and play with a lot of people, but all my stuff's kind of based on my Instagram, Caleb Hut Hut Hudson. Battle. Go give them a follow. Mm. Guys, thank you so much. Anything else to do before we get out of here? I don't know. We can hang out another minute outside, away from the microphones. Sure. Tell them how we really feel. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.